welcome back to the third episode of The Silver Window. I'm Alex Rees. And I'm Kyle Brooks. And today we're here with Professor Matt Green. He is a professor here at the Master's College and the head of the Digital Media Department. Mm -hmm. He teaches a lot of film classes here, um, such as directing, screenwriting, and uh, video production. He's also got really cute kids. Oh yeah, great kids. Little squirts. Nice. Um, and he's, he's worked in the industry a long time, so we thought we'd uh, have him on the show, talk about his favorite movie, which uh, you'll find out what that is in a minute. But we just, this was a great conversation. I had a great time. Did, what do you think? Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was the, the easiest and most fun one to record mm-hmm. so far. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. He knows his stuff. Um, so definitely check it out. Stay tuned and uh, hear about Matt Green's favorite movie. Alright, welcome to uh, The Silver Window. My name is Kyle Brooks. I'm Alex Reese. And I'm uh, Professor Matt Green. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Matt Green's favorite movie, which is... Uh, you know, it's a film that uh, came out in the uh, early 90s um, and was probably the quintessential combination of animation and live action. Um, you know, a lot of people like to reference films like Roger Rabbit and stuff like that, and I think, no, if mm, you're going to think nothing. of one film that combinate, uh, you know, is the combination of two great artistic talents, it has to be Space Jam. <laughs> talking about the, uh, the height of uh, Michael Jordan's career, mm-hmm. um, plus the the acting chops of Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get an Oscar nom for that. You know, it's really it's really just goes to show that I, I think that maybe the Academy is a little racist yeah. towards yeah. animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't get the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and and quite frankly, I think it's 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 about time we start, you know, um, it's pretty sick maybe petition mm-hmm. the yeah. Academy exactly. to, to add that. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it'd be a great idea if we spend the next three hours talking about the um, uh, just the, the, the quality and the craftsmanship that um, is Space Jam. Right. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, actually, it's a, a great film that came out in 1981 called uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course, directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, some guy, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's kind of unknown. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of done, done a couple films. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, I, you know, for me, it's one of the first films I ever remember seeing uh, that my dad showed. I didn't see it in the theaters originally. Um, I saw it um, on VHS really? and pretty much upon first viewing, wore out the tape. Um, it, it's just, there's something so iconic about the, the wardrobe. Um, the, it's, it's like the perfect combination of story, um, creative talent, mm-hmm. um, actor, um, and then music. It's just like everything just came together so well that, that made this movie just magical. It's mm-hmm. one of those things, you, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of movie where that's why you go to the theater, is to see that type of yeah. movie. It's definitely like pretty much for everybody. Like. I don't know anybody who doesn't yeah. like Raiders, unless yeah. they're a communist. And of course, <laughs> then they wouldn't like it because you know they're the bad guys. Yeah, so. exactly. <clears throat> How old were you when you watched it for the first time? Uh, let's see, 84, I would have been uh, five years old. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Five years old. How, how is like, since the first time you watched it, how has it 
um, your view on it changed? Like, well, when I was younger and I was first watching, I was just purely watching it just for entertainment value. And uh -huh. now, you know, as somebody who's in the business mm -hmm. and teaching on the stuff, I, I look at it from a perspective of, okay, you know, the lighting, you know, what shot selections did, did Spielberg mm -hmm. use, you know, um, just the, you know, the production, how did they go about actually making the film? You know, I, I forget how many days um, they, they shot it, but I know that he came in under budget and under schedule. Um, and, and you look at that film, you look at the pacing of the film, it's, it's the last, you know, 30 plus minutes of the film. 18, 20 minutes of that are just straight action. Action, yeah. It's nonstop. You know, mm -hmm. once he, you know, Except goes to the, to the, uh, the plane, uh -huh. from the plane to the, to the truck, that whole sequence yeah. is just, is just nonstop. And the movie is really brisk. Yeah. Um, you stop a few times for exposition. You know, in the very beginning when he's sitting there talking with the guys from the government. Yeah. Um, you know, you know the, the Bible. You know, he's talking about you know end of the world. You know, all that stuff he's going through. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and it's 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 just masterful, you know. You you talk about Lawrence Kasdan, who just come off Empire, and wrote you know uh, Raiders. Mm -hmm. He had Spielberg at, at the height, and and I think he had a lot to prove too, because he had just come off of doing 1941, which was his first critical bomb, and it was supposed to be a comedy. He wanted to do a comedy. Did 1941? Did terrible. Mm. And yet, I think if you look at Raiders, has lots of humor. In it. Oh, for and, sure. it, and it almost felt like he was trying to prove himself, you know, uh, again, that he, yeah, he could still do this. Um, because I think the budget and the shooting days on 1941 were bloated and over budget and like that. So I think he wanted to show some restraint and be able to, you know, produce and, and direct a well-crafted film that, um, you know, built upon the things that he had done originally in television. And I, and I think, you know, I have this book right here that I brought for you guys to show. So those of you uh, listening can't see it, so we'll paint <laughs> word pictures. Um, and uh, th this book is basically chronicles all four films. I mean, the complete production of the film, of all four. And uh, it talks in there about how Spielberg wanted to get back and make this film like they used to make, you know, TV films mm -hmm. or, or TV movies. And you know, you know. So um, I think he really felt a challenge to come in and, and do this picture. And and so all those things are. I look at it completely different. You know, I, I look at um, just even some of the subtext and that kind of stuff. You know from a completely different perspective. I wasn't even considering that when I was younger. You know, so it's interesting to watch the film even with my kids mm -hmm. now. Um, back when they did the re-release uh, a few years ago on IMAX, I actually took two of my older kids um, to, to, and we went and saw the film together. Nice. And that was just a fun experience just to be able to, you know, because I was close to, well, I was a little bit younger. Had they seen it before you went so to So they'd IMAX? seen bits and pieces okay. of it. And there were still some things they couldn't see, so they had to close their eyes. When, yeah, when the melting happens. Oh, yeah. um, that always scared me so bad as a kid. Yeah, it was. I was that like that when the ghosts were flying around too, and yeah. stuff like that. You know, um, so we were just we were just watching that the other day, and we were just cracking up at it though because it just looks it looks so like fun, so ridiculous, but it's still like really really well done. Well, one of the things too that I think that that makes the film last so long too is it's not dated and that's mm -hmm. because it's a period piece yeah, yeah. Exactly. so like where we go and see you know a film from the 80s now immediately we're like oh it's kind of dated you know whatever but they went you know back into the 40s mm -hmm. it was a period piece so you know time to us it's it's different and so um they uh y you know it's it's it you're not drawn out by that and so you can plot that movie at any time and and it feels you know it, 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 it works mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and because so much of the film was done practically 
you know, you really feel like that's, you know, that's Harrison Ford out there. That's, you know, yeah. you know Indiana did he, Jones. Did he do a lot of his own stunts or was that? He did, yeah, I mean, he did some of his own stunts. Um, he's one of those guys who, you know, I don't think yeah, he, he seems like, that. yeah, I don't think he's Tom Cruise does mm-hmm. his own stunts, but, uh, he, he did do a lot of his own stuff and, and, but he has, you know, if you um, get a chance to watch some of the special features on the Blu-rays, um, where they show some of the, you know, the stunt work that was done on that film, um, uh, Vic Armstrong, who's a longtime stunt coordinator, uh, did most of the, uh, this, some of the big stunts. Uh, matter of fact, looked almost identical to Harrison Ford mm-hmm. back in the '80s, and um, and so there's actually a scene where in uh, Last Crusade, where he rides up on the horse and jumps off the horse onto this tank, and you can actually full on see the guy's face, but it's Vic Armstrong, but he just looks like yeah. Harrison Ford, so it totally sold. Yeah, in in a lot of older movies, you can kind of a lot of times tell it's like, oh, that's obviously a stunt person, but right. in Raiders, I never thought that one time. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's interesting. You also mentioned the like the lighting in the movie. I, I also really noticed it was it was like seemed really unnatural at times. Like it was it used a lot of reds and blues and stuff like that. Yeah, um, a lot of key. They did a lot of key lighting to yeah. the eyes to really bring uh-huh. out the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially Spielberg does a lot of shots where the actor will come and look almost directly at kind of into camera mm-hmm. or get really close up to the face, and they do a lot of key lighting there to kind of bring out the eyes so you can really see the yeah. emotion and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah I was gonna say it worked super well like with the. It's definitely stylized, right? Yeah. When you when you look at you know the the picture, and, and and I think they tried to even do that to a certain degree with the the one film that we will not speak of, <laughs> in the Indiana Jones series. Um, they tried to replicate that to a certain degree, and I, you know I don't know that film was just kind of a mess. So mm-hmm. exactly. we, won't, we won't even talk about that one. <laughs> Pretend like it doesn't exist. Well, bringing into that, how do you think this movie compares with its sequels? Sure. Um, you know I enjoy Temple of Doom. Um, it's it's my least favorite. Out of, well, let me rephrase that. It's out of the three. <laughs> it's my least favorite. Um, I think in and of itself, it's an entertaining action film. But as an Indiana Jones film, I, I don't think it holds up well to the other two. Mm-hmm. I think one of the advantages that Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade have going for them is they, the MacGuffin that they're going after, the, art, the artifact that they're going after um, in those two films is a real artifact that existed at one point. Mm-hmm. The Ark of the Covenant existed, and um, and the the Cup of Christ existed. The Shankara stones, they're these mystical, magical things that, you know, weren't real, <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. And the same thing with the film we don't talk about. As soon as you start getting into extraterrestrials <laughs> and all that stuff, you, you lose the grounded aspect that Raiders and Last Crusade have. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that contributed a lot to the development of the story on this. Plus, you know, with, with, and I enjoy Last Crusade a lot. I think River Phoenix was spot on, spot on replicating um, Harrison Ford. Matter of fact, I think he does a better Harrison Ford impression than Harrison Ford did in La- in the Crystal Skull. So, huh. you know, um, yeah. I, uh, I think that's great. Sean Connery is, you couldn't mm-hmm. ask for a better parent. You had James Bond and Indiana Jones together. and, and and I'm sure a lot of people already know this, but the reason that Spielberg kind of did Indiana Jones was he wanted to do a James Bond movie. And um, the the Broccoli's who won the rights to James Bond didn't, didn't it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So Lucas and um, Spielberg were together. Lucas, well, I have a better idea than James Bond. He pitched the idea of Indiana Jones, and he loved it. One of the things that makes Indiana Jones so great when that film came out was he was a hero who was extremely relatable because he wasn't superhuman. He gets beat up. He gets scratches. He gets... You know, arms broken. He gets shot, 
James Bond, none of that stuff ever happened. He walked away without a scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made him immediately relatable. But then you started to see action films after that start to, to make mimic that. Characters human. Yeah, again. and even, you know, Belloc, the, the, the villain in the first film. You know, I've heard people say, wow, you know, who, who hadn't watched Raiders in a long time? They go and watch, you know, they're just familiar with all these contemporary films. They go and watch Raiders like, oh, Belloc, I've seen him a bazillion times, that villain. Well, yeah, that's because it's been copied, mm-hmm. you know, tons of times afterwards. That that movie became kind of the archetype for it. Drastically changed the action picture yeah. um, after that. So, mm. how do you think it changed it in regards to like the way films are made, rather than just like the characters that are in it? Because like a, a lot of protagonists seem to become more human and more like yeah. imperfect. Okay, so I think definitely, you know, if you're dealing with like the postmodern type of vibe where the, the hero is kind of a gray area, he's not really good, he's not really bad, he's got a mix of both, that's not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is a good guy, Yeah. right? He, do, he doesn't have that. He is the quintessential, you know, hero. Yeah, he gets beat up, he gets knocked down, but he's fighting for what's right. Nowadays, you've got heroes who are dark and they come from bad, you know, they're bad guys, but they're still trying to fight for good. That's not Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and so um, he still exists. I think outside of that that realm, um, where I, I don't think you you know all the heroes have to have nowadays have to have some kind of you know weakness, right? Um, and if anything, his is snakes <laughs> and maybe women. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> You've seen this movie. I've times? probably seen it at, at least a hundred times. Yeah. Um, it, you know, when I growing up, I, I loved the characters so much that I would not say it became an obsession, but I, I became fascinated. I just loved the look of that. There's everything about the character was just so iconic, and so I actually had um, this was probably it was a while ago. I had um, the company that made the jackets for the first three films, which is Weston Limited in London. Um, actually, I had them make, and I have it here with you. you can't again, you can't see it, um, but I'll, I'll paint you a word picture. It's beautifully crafted leather fit to um, my upper torso and um, this uh, so this basically I gave them my measurements and they crafted is um, it like the exact, exact so this replica? is the exact replica of the jacket Harrison Ford wore in Raiders um, and so you could you could choose, at the time I, I don't know if they still do this or not but at the time you could choose Raiders Temple of Doom or Last Crusade and I chose Raiders because that's my favorite film mm-hmm. and so it's it's exactly made to you know the, the same jacket that you wore just designed to fit me and uh, how much how much did that run you? I I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my wife. I was before I was good. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Then you're good. Yeah. I, the next thing I'd love to do is get a hat made by the company who made made the hats. Do they still? Uh, so there's, still a, there's a company in London that that makes hats. There's also uh, the gentleman who made the the hats for the uh, film we, we do not speak about mm-hmm. um, here, and he's located here in the states. But at the time I was looking, it was like a three-year wait. Okay. And I'm impatient. I want my hat now. It's a long time for a hat. So, what about what about the whip? So I I don't I don't have a whip. Mm. Okay. Um, Disappointing. Yeah, I know. It's it's probably best I don't have one because my wife would use it on me. <laughs> it would hurt when I get out of line. Um, no, um, you know I, I I don't have a whip. Um, I have a satchel, like the satchel you mean. I actually had that designed and made, so I have that. I have a shirt replica. And uh, um, I had pants, but they probably don't fit anymore because <laughs> okay. I need to lose some weight. 
How often would you put on the whole... How often? Yeah. It's not like I walked around the house, you know. Oh, definitely Are you not. lying? Am I lying? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I am? You're fidgeting. <laughs> I probably wore the hat, uh, the outfit a few times. I have, I have, I have an Indiana Jones hat, but it's not, you know, the replica. It's like one of those ones you buy at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. So whatever. Poser. <laughs> big fan. Yeah, yeah, big fan. You don't even have the real hat. When, uh, when the movie We Do Not Speak of came out, like they started re-releasing like a bunch of Indiana Jones merchandise and stuff. Right. And so my little brother bought like a leather whip, um, and it was like a really small one. And I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And so I, I used it and I tied it around some monkey bars and I just jumped off the <laughs> playground and it just snapped in half and oh, I just hit right. the ground. It was, it was bad. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had a cowboy, I wouldn't be an Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. So I had a cowboy hat and um, some black leather jacket that I threw on. And in my mind, I was Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and my brother was always the Nazis. So it works out. He was younger, so he didn't have a choice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so on um, IMDb, yes. um, this is rated number thirty-six. Yes, like out of every movie, um, and so like it's a travesty. It's not higher. Not higher. <laughs> so why Citizen Kane is number one? It's like come on, really? Oh, I think uh, Shawshank. Actually. Oh, Shawshank was yeah. listed number. Well, okay, that's a good film. So uh, funny connection between Shawshank and Indiana Jones is that Frank Darabont, who wrote Shawshank, well, uh-huh. you know, adapted Shawshank, adapted, yeah, from Stephen uh, King. From Stephen King uh-huh. uh, at one point, wrote a draft of a fourth Indiana Jones movie. Oh, really? Um, which I've read, and uh, it was good, but it kind of played like a greatest hits type, oh, really? like revisiting all that. Uh-huh. Like it referenced like full moments. on. Yeah. It, there's a moment in the script where um, Indiana Jones is going through a museum where the idol, the fertility idol, in the mm-hmm. first film is in there, and he's like drunk, and he's going through to try and grab it, <laughs> and it's like a complete play. I mean, it was kind of funny, whatever, but it was just like it's just played like off the a, nostalgia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now the the scenes between him and Marilyn were really well written. Mm-hmm. Really like I, I met Frank Darabont at Comic Con once. He was walking the floor of Comic Con. And he was just there. It was at a time when uh, I think the mist was coming out. And so, um, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. No, we have a pop filter. It's fine. Okay. I'll just sneeze right in. <laughs> Hug your ears, people. Uh, so, um, the Darabont was there. So, And he was just walking the floor. So, I went up to him and I introduced myself. And we, we talked for a few minutes. He was very gracious. And one of my big regrets is not talking to him, asking him some questions about mm. about that, 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 uh, that version of his script. Um, and just the experience that he had. Was right. was that were they actually planning on putting that into production or he did did he no just he wrote that? that he wrote that for Spielberg and Lucas spent a year working on that matter of fact it talks about it in the book um, you can also see some you know, he's talked about it briefly online uh-huh. and um, he talks about it being a wasted year oh, um, no. that Lucas and him just couldn't see eye to eye um, on on the script so. was that was that leaked at the time and then so people were so it was leaked um, and that's how I read it. Okay. Um, um, I think I actually still have it somewhere. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Do you think that's part of the reason why they didn't put it into production, just because it was leaked and they didn't? No, I think that ultimately Lucas had a specific idea of what he wanted on screen. Mm. Um, he wanted aliens, and um, he was determined to get that, and ultimately he got that. Like, how? I'm interested. How much? How much say does Lucas have? Like, did he have in Raiders of the Lost Ark specifically, but also in like the production of the other movies? Like, was he on set every day, or was it just like? I mean, I, I was. I, I know he was there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, you know, he was instrumental. Listen, he came up with the idea, the character, um, for two of the greatest franchises probably in, in film history. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just to see too what he's done as a businessman, 
he's brilliant. Um, how many times has he repackaged the Star Wars films, you know, and got us all to buy new versions mm-hmm. of the same film? It's and buy people's kids the exactly. same toys. Genius. Yeah. yeah, six films he, you know, made billions of dollars off of. That being said, I think that those films and the Indiana Jones films became more, um, especially the last Indiana Jones film. I, I don't feel, see, here's the Last Crusade was like the perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones riding off into the sunset. You couldn't have asked for a better ending. <laughs> I don't want to see an alien ship coming up out of water as my end. Mm-hmm. Um, or Shia LaBeouf putting on a hat. Or swinging with monkeys. Yeah, obviously yeah. I mean, the whole movie was just. <laughs> it was a mess. It was. It's really, it's, it's painful. Like to watch it's, it's so sad too because when you see it on TV you're like oh it's Indiana Jones oh wait no it's not really Indiana Jones <laughs> it's it's everyone kind of phoning it in collecting a paycheck yeah so um, I I pers- personally if I was ranking you know I put Raiders a lot higher mm-hmm. um, I mean it's hard pre- you're, like you said earlier it's hard for us to find anybody who who hasn't seen the film that doesn't enjoy mm-hmm. it yeah. I will say I did show it in film one of my film classes. And um, one of the students was like, so what you, she'd never seen the movie. I said, what did you think? She's like, eh. Oh. Really? I flunked her. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Get out of the classroom. Not <laughs> when you watch it now, do you tend to like laugh at it or do you take it? Because the movie doesn't seem to take itself very seriously. Um, I, to a certain degree, I think you're right. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, they're, 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 he, Spielberg's really good at having knowing the pacing of a film and knowing how to give audiences breaks and breathers, mm-hmm. uh, which then allows them to just kind of let out that gas. You know, he does that a lot in Jaws. Um, and then he does that in this film. You know, you've got this big action scene and he's running around trying to find Marilyn. And then you've got the scene where he's got the guy, you know, with the big sword, swings out the sword and then he pulls out his gun, you know, mm-hmm. just casually and shoots the guy and he falls down. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone knows the history of that, you know, sp- you know, that it wasn't supposed to be that scene. It mm-hmm. was this big, long action sequence and Ford was sick and just pulled out the guy shot and the guy fell over. Um, but turned into like, that's one of the, the, the great scenes of that film. Um, but it gives a little bit of breath to that moment, and then boom, you're right back into the action um, and, and breaks it up. So, um, you know, I don't even remember the question now, Alex, sorry. Or who asked it, Kyle? See, I don't even know who asked the question. <laughs> I'm just off in my own little world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, along with that, I, th- I noticed like in the parts when like the chase scene is going on, and then he kind of gets like on the boat or whatever with Marilyn. Yes. Um, and then there's like, it's like a big action sequence and then it's that slow sort of scene. But yes. then there's also that part where she's like looking in the mirror and she like flips, flips it down and it hits him right in the chest. Yeah. Totally. And then it like cuts to like the that boat. Kind of, that's, and that, that was like the funniest part like of the movie to me. Like super slapstick. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then, they, and then they just don't even acknowledge it. And she's like, did you say something? <laughs> yes. It's so funny. Yeah. 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 Like in the hands of a lesser, you know, filmmaker, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in that film, totally. You know, that movie could be a mess, mm-hmm. and it, it isn't. You know, you look at other films like Ghostbusters and some of those films that, on paper, really shouldn't work, because it's so... You're taking a horror and comedy and slapping them together, and yet it works brilliantly, mm-hmm. you know? And you've got you've got that with Indiana Jones, I think, a lot, too. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the potential new Indiana Jones? The fifth Jones film? Movie? Yeah. It makes me nervous. Okay. I mean... I, I really wish it kind of went to end. It pains me because I love the character and I want to see the character more. But I don't want to see 80-year-old Harrison, Harrison Ford run around. Like, I, 
Star Wars was fun, but there was moments where he's running around in that movie. I'm like, oh, somebody help him. Somebody help him. Should we grab his arm? You know, how about give him a, you know, a cane, something to to walk around with? You know, it was just, I don't know. I if it's a standalone Indiana Jones film that has nothing to do with the other films, I might be interested. Um, One of the things I don't like about Crystal Skull is in that film he's not the catalyst for anything. Everybody else is. He's just kind of a long story. Kind of and that's not Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. Indiana Jones does not ride on the back of a motorcycle. He's dri- He kicks Shia LaBeouf off. If Shia LaBeouf wants to ride on the back, that's fine. But Indiana Jones drives that motorcycle. Uh-huh. You know? He's not this passive participant. He, he's, he's the like I said, the catalyst for those things. So, uh, you know, if we return to that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I could be interested. And he's... Like, have they talked about doing, like, a replacement, sort of? like? So there's been rumors online. From what I've read and um, things I've heard, I don't think that stuff's true. Mm-hmm. Um, as right now, Lucasfilm really is protective of that franchise, mm-hmm. and which is now owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who runs that, was an original producer. Um, and so she, her husband, Frank uh, Marshall, uh, was one of the original producers on Raiders. Um, and so they... I think how about the, they're not going to listen. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, people make the comparison. Well, James Bond has had okay. James Bond is different. James Bond never ages. James Bond is a is, is exists in its own bubble. Mm-hmm. Each Indiana Jones film, you know, matures not only in age but in time. And so, like I said, back to the whole, it's the perfect combination of it. Listen, at some point they will reboot the character. It's too big of a name, right? It's just, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a painful experience because I, for me, he is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I felt like Last Crusade was the perfect send-off in terms of, you know, them riding off into the sunset. But, you know, if if they're going to do another one, you know, lose Shia, lose the, you know... There was a lot of CG. You know, they talked about. I remember yeah, they're making the film. They're like, "No, we're shooting practical. We're shooting practical." The whole chasing in the jungle looks like it was shot on a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if they can get back to some of that stuff, they're gonna have to use a stunt double a lot more for Ford. Yeah. <laughs> either oh, that or we- either they'll wheel him around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, what do you like about the movie? Do you like the movie? Let's start there. I, I do, yeah, I really do. Um, I think I prefer, I, I don't know, it's been a long time since I've seen the third one. But like, as a kid, I remember liking the third one more. But um, I like I like how fun, like, it's it's just like a fun movie. Like, anybody can watch it and you can just kind of sit down and just, like, enjoy it. Um, and, I don't know, that's, that's what I really like about it. Yeah. Um, Alex, do you like it? Uh, I'm taking one of your classes, so I'm not going to say... No, I love movies. Um, I watched them all when I was... Good answer. Good answer. You're learning. What can I say? Um, I haven't seen... I hadn't seen any of the movies since I was, like, nine years old. I remember loving them as a kid. But uh, I don't think I liked them, like, as films. I think I just liked them, like, oh, I love watching them. This is so fun. Totally. Absolutely. Well, see, listen, we go to movies to escape. Right? That's the main reason we go to a film, to the theater, for that, you know, the lights go out and you're in another world, right? And so that's, the, in, in those films, it takes you to another place. Um, I, I remember back in, oh, this was shortly after I got married, a group of us, they were, um, this was before they re-released uh, the film recently, digitally, in IMAX. There was a print, 35 millimeter print, that was screening down in, I think, 
Orange County somewhere. Mm. So a group of us went down there to see it. And I took a buddy of mine who hadn't seen the film in years, it'd been forever. And the movie, you know, was really, it, the color was off, there was missing, there were sections where the sound had dropped out, and you didn't care. Mm. You didn't care because it was just so enjoyable to see these people, uh, these characters that you kind of grew up with on screen on this big, you know, huge screen. And we the film ended, and um, this buddy of mine who hadn't seen the film forever said, I, I forgot about how fast that movie is. Yeah. You know, and I've seen it so many times, I kind of forget about it too, but when you watch it with someone with fresh eyes, it's like, it's it's just, there's no ounce of fat on that film. No, yeah. It's it's all, every scene serves a purpose. And a lot of films you see nowadays are, you know, some of them warrant three hours, okay, two and a half hours. I totally get that. I pay, especially with the cost of movies now, I pay a lot of money to go to the theater. Don't be done in an hour and 20 minutes. You know, give me, give me some, give me some. But certain films, not all films need that. Um, and so to have a two and a half hour movie or a three hour movie just for the sake of having it yeah. is, you know, it's almost just, uh, it, it just serves the, the ego of the director. And, um, and Spielberg in, in Raiders is the quintessential example of a lean, well-made film. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's two hours long, but it, like when we watched it, it felt like it flew by. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, and he talks about how it's one of the very the, the very few films that he can actually go back and watch mm-hmm. uh, of his own films. Harrison Ford or Spielberg? Spielberg. 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 Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you very much. We really enjoyed having you. That's, that's all it. The we're time. done. Yeah, that's all the time we got. It's a short podcast. I, uh, let's keep going. <laughs> got... Part two next week. Part two next week. That's right. That's right. And uh, I just want to let you know that I've spoken with Prof Dixon, and you guys are all getting an A on this. Oh, oh it's because you asked me to, oh, to speak. Wow. Yeah. That's all I've My asked. pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for listening in. Uh, this was a great time. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. We're on iTunes now. If you're listening on SoundCloud, um, check us out on iTunes. Definitely leave a review. Uh, leave a comment. Tell us what you thought. Uh, Alex? Uh, tear down Matt Green's name exactly. as much as possible in the comments. He'll love that. Yeah, if you have any contact with him, just give him a shout out on Twitter or something like that. Just say, <laughs> hey, thanks for being on Silver Window. That was a great time. You know, just just, just do that. He, he deserves Make it. His he's, day. A, he's a great guy. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you in three weeks for who knows what. Another podcast, probably. We'll see. You'll never know. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Asps. Very dangerous. You go first.